Can the Saints do something they've done only once since 2001 and just three times in this century? Well, what is that, Jim Derry? What is it, you ask? Well, you're going to have to listen to Datitude to find out because we have two episodes jammed into one in this special holiday podcast, Holiday Datitude Podcast, coming up next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Way at New Orleans. And hello to all my friends elsewhere who are about to stuff their bodies full of bird. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Picayune, the Advocate, and bet.noah.com. And this is Datitude, episode number 120, a special episode number 120, a holiday edition for a Wednesday. We don't do Wednesdays very often. Wednesday. November the 23rd, 2022. All right. You know, that was a little, little, little graphic, I guess, that intro. But I mean, really, how many of you right now are, not, are thinking more about food than you're thinking about the Saints? Or more about food than you're thinking about LSU? More about food than you're thinking about Tulane? Let's get real. I know I am. We're going to have a house full of people here tomorrow. What about you guys? Um, You know, I was looking for a closing song. I'm not going to give it away just yet. But, you know, it's not your typical kind of closing song. It's hard to find a Thanksgiving song, really. I mean, you're getting ready to go in and you're going to hear a month worth of Christmas music. And I'm as guilty as anybody else. I know a lot of people get by humbug when it comes to the holidays. And they, they get tired of hearing Christmas music. You know what I get tired of? And I don't do it hardly at all anymore. I went into Sam's yesterday. Big mistake. I don't know what I was. Th- My wife asked me to get some pies uh, for the, the big feast that we're having here at the Dairy House. I'm going to be like 20-something people in here. I don't know how they're all going to fit in this house. But anyway, I go to Sam's to get the pies. I mean, you would have thought they were giving stuff away. There were line, the line to get out of there was like 20 people long. There were people trying to cut in line. There were old men fighting with young men. It, it was not a good scene. So I don't know what I was thinking. I'll, I'll never do that again. I mean, I don't hardly ever do it anyway. I mean, when I go to Sam's or whatever, I go to the grocery store, I try to go when no one else is going. I'm using successful. I had to tape a, a segment for uh, the final bet show, which is coming out uh, tomorrow night, Thursday, Thanksgiving night on Fox 8 with Garland Gillen and Juan Kincaid. So I was already over there. I was, it was kind of on my way home. I'm like, I'll just stop here. It won't be that bad. It's Tuesday, not Wednesday. It's not Black Friday. Oh, my goodness, no. And I can't imagine the person that had to bake all those pies. It was insane. And that was just pies. I mean, people going to the grocery store and everything, God bless you. Some people thrive in that stuff. Some people love that stuff. Not me. I, I, I don't, I mean, you have to really like people. I mean, do we all really 
like people. I mean, you can say what you want. Sometimes I could just do without people, but it is what it is. All right, let's move on to football. It's enough talk about uh, all that. Although I, we really are looking forward to Thanksgiving. I am ready for a little break. Hence why this show is on Wednesday and not Friday. So we're going to do Thursday and Friday show all in one. And to be honest, I think we're leaning towards doing that anyway. I think we're going to start doing that soon. I think the Thursday and Friday shows are going to be combined. I think we're going to go to two Datitudes a week very soon. Let's see how the Saints do this week. Because we won't be able to talk about LSU. There won't be any college football. Um, so I think we're going to go to two shows a week starting pretty soon. But not not just yet. Not just yet. I know the Saints are playing. After this week, they don't play again until the following Monday. Uh, December the 5th, they play in Tampa. So we'll see how that goes. Saints 49ers this weekend, LSU, Texas A&M. Tulane in Cincinnati on Friday. Um, we don't get to talk a whole bunch about Tulane, and I kind of, I'm sorry about that. I just kind of got lost in the shuffle, not to take anything away from the Green Wave. We don't talk about the Pelicans either, by the way. And they have a, you know, they they, they played, I, I know it was against Scrubs, but the Pelicans played really well against Golden State on Monday. I think it was a 45-point victory. That's insane. Again, I don't care if you're playing against Scrubs or not. You beat the defending champs. I don't care if it's their second team or what team it is. 45 points. And you did it without Zion. Of course, they do a lot without Zion these days. Uh, Tulane, they are probably, well, they're definitely playing for a chance to host the American Athletic Conference Championship game. If Tulane wins against Cincinnati on Friday, which, by the way, would be the first time it would break a streak of 61 straight losses against a ranked opponent. And Tulane's favored by two. If Tulane is able to win that game, they will host the AAC championship game with a chance, a legitimate shot, to be part of the New Year's Day Six Bowls. Right now, Sports Illustrated projects the green wave to play LSU in the Cotton Bowl. Now, that would be disappointing to a lot of Tigers fans who probably think they ought to be in the Sugar Bowl if they don't beat Georgia. And I think they not only should, but I think they will. So I think Sports Illustrated is just trying to get a few Louisiana eyeballs in there. But it would be interesting. I would kind of like to see it. I think, uh, you know, I would almost take the downgrade. And no offense to the people in Texas, but the Cotton Bowl is a downgrade over the Sugar Bowl. It just is. So I think the most likely scenario for LSU right now is Kansas State and the Sugar Bowl. Tulane's still got to win. They got to beat Cincinnati on the road. No easy task by any means. And then they're going to have to win in the AAC title game again. No easy task either. So we'll see what happens with the wave. But we're going to move on. And you, I gave the little tease of something because we don't necessarily talk about this part of it. We kind of touch on it with Duncan. But what have the Saints not done except once? Since 2001. It's not, if you think about it, it's not that tough to figure it out. But the Saints aren't big underdogs very often. If you go back and look, and I was wrong when I said this with Duncan, I'm not sure what I was thinking about when I was doing it now, when I was going back in time. I said the Saints have been uh, double digit underdogs 13, 13 times. Uh, this century. I was off. I was I was wrong. So when you hear that, I'm fixing it ahead of time, just to tell you. The Saints have been 
Nine underdogs of nine or more. This will be, assuming the line does not go back to eight and a half, and I don't think it's going to change. If anything, I think it's going to go up. Uh, the Saints have been underdogs of nine or more just ten times this century. That is insane when you think about it. I mean, that's once every other year. And not only that, two of them went 05. One was in 04, one was in 01, one was in 2000. So since Sean Payton took this team over, and obviously now not here, but in the Sean Payton era, and it hasn't happened since last year against Tampa, but since Sean Payton took over the team only four times, only four times have the Saints been underdogs of nine or more. That is unfair. I, I, I venture to say you could go through just about any other team in the league over that stretch and not find anyone else who's not been in that situation more than four times. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of them was in the playoffs. That's Seattle, and they covered. All of them have been on the road. The Saints have not been in a more than nine or more underdog at home since the Ditka era, December the 12th, 1999, and they didn't cover. They got waxed by the Rams. It happened a lot in 99 and 98. It happened a lot in the Ditka era, if you go look back at it. But it's always on the road. There's a lot of San Francisco's in here, by the way, back in the day. Um, not so many now. But uh, they haven't been an under, underdog of nine or more against San Francisco since the Ditka era. 1999 was the last time they were an 11-point underdog at San Francisco and lost by seven. They covered Will they cover this week? I don't know. I mean, I don't want to spoil my, my pick. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it in just a minute. But they have not won outright as a nine-point or more dog. They did it last year against Tampa in that 9 and nothing crazy victory. But before that, they hadn't won outright in a game in which they were nine-point or more underdogs since 2001. 2001. They beat... The Rams, 34-31 in St. Louis. That was, the, that was the year after they won that first playoff game, I believe. Or maybe it was, yeah, it was the year after. Year after. Got to go way back. Way back in the time machine to find those, these kinds of things because they don't happen very often. So the Saints are in a rare position. And I'm not going to spend... A ton more time because I want to get to Duncan and we're going to have Uncle Big Nick on in a little bit uh, with our pick segment as we do each week, uh, doing it on Wednesday instead of Thursday. And it's going to be tough for Uncle Big Nick after this week because, well, I guess he's got one more week of college, but he loves to pick those college games. He does really well at that. He does, And he, when he stays in his lane, he does fantastic, which he did last week and won some money. But uh, when college is over, he's going to have to jump on the NFL train. That's going to be interesting to, to see. But we're going to get to all that, trying to keep this show to as close to an hour as possible. So that is going to cut my monologue down. The main theme of today and talking about the Saints, and we explain it in, in the segment with Duncan, but this is definitely a game. It's kind of like we talked about against Baltimore, although obviously the Niners don't have a running quarterback. I'm not talking about the defense, Saints defense against the Niners offense. It's more about the number one ranked 49ers defense. They are number one overall and number one against the run. You know what that means. This is an Andy Dalton game. Can Andy Dalton 
come through and play. To, for the Saints to even be close, for the Saints to even cover in this game, Andy Dalton's going to have to play his best game of the year. Now, I know a lot of the Dalton peeps and the anti-Jameis peeps were climbing out of the woodwork like cockroaches. They were just coming out everywhere Sunday, showing me stats of what Andy Dalton did against the lowly Rams. It was just like bonanza time. They were having their cornucopia of stats. They were having the time of their lives. See, I told you how good Andy Dalton was. I told you. Yeah, I haven't heard from you in six weeks. Where you been, pal? If he does it this week, I'll eat crow. I'm not going to wait six weeks. I'm not going to climb into the crev- crevices or crevasses or whatever the hell you want to call them. I'm not going to climb in there into the dark. I'm going to stay in the light. If Andy Dalton plays well this week and even kind of gives the Saints a chance, then I'm going to give him credit. And I'll say, I don't think you were right overall, but you're certainly right the past two weeks, if that's what happens. If what I suspect is going to happen happens, oh, well, then you might not want to listen to the show Monday if you're one of those people. Frankly, I, I know I've already lost some of those people. It is what it is. I'm going to tell it the way that it is, whether I think, I can tell you right now, if I believe in something and I think it needs to be said and I know it's going to piss off half my listeners, I'm still going to say it. You don't have to listen, but I'm going to say it because it's who I am. It's what this show is. Well, you, you figured that out by now. If you've listened to 100 of the 120 episodes, you, you know that. If you've listened to 40 of the 120 episodes, you know that by now. And we thank you for listening. And, uh, you know, turkey's in the mail. All right, let's get to Jeff Duncan and preview. We, uh, and, again, I tell you ahead of time, we spend probably 90% of our time talking Saints. We do touch on LSU and A&M, um, and then we get to our Saints prediction at the end. Here it is. And, Dunk, what's going on this morning? I know you're flying out to Santa Clara. You're not going to spend your Thanksgiving over there, are you? No, I'm actually going to be here. I was planning to spend Thanksgiving out there in the Bay Area, but now I'll be here moving early Friday morning. So okay, well, uh, good for you. Yeah, be good to get here. Although it's been warmer in San Francisco than it has been here for the past week. It's crazy. I mean, the weather here is nuts, and obviously, you know, you start when you get to be our age, you start feeling it a little bit more. So the feel it in November, I don't know. Uh, yeah. it's it's uh it's crazy. It'll be an interesting game out there. All right, let's get right to it. Saints Niners dunk. Um, we're not going to give our predictions. The let's the last thing we do on our show each week. So we're not going to give it. Too much away. I think we'll, <clears throat> you'll probably figure out as we go along here. But not a really good matchup for the Saints, uh, Dunk. You're talking about the number one defense in the NFL, number one overall defense, number one in rushing defense. Uh, so I think a lot's going to be on Andy Dalton's shoulders this weekend. That's a perfect way to, to kind of get into this game. I think it's a bad matchup in a lot of ways. The Saints are a run-first team. That's really their bread and butter. And uh, no one's been able to run the ball on this 49ers front. Uh, and that's going to force Dalton and that passing attack to make hay. And I just, I, that seems fraught with peril with the offensive line issues. Now, we'll know a lot more, J.D., uh, you know, to later today and the days ahead with the availability of some of the offensive linemen. I think Andres Pete will probably be back. I mean, he was an emergency uh, player last week, but he was dressed, full, fully dressed for the game. 
So I would think that would be promising for his chances to play, and that that will help a lot because they're going to need everybody up front with Nick Bosa, and uh, they're talking about maybe Armstead coming back this week. Um, you know, that's just a really good defensive front, well-coached, and uh, the Saints are going to have their hands full. Welcome in. Comments and questions this morning in the Live Attitude Podcast. If you are watching on Facebook or YouTube, you can leave your comments or questions right there in the section. If you're watching on Twitter, you're going to have to email. Uh, I'm sorry, not email me. You can email me at jderrytheadvocate.com if you like. I have my email up, but it's probably easier to tweet at me, at Jim Derry Jr. on Twitter. At Jeff underscore Duncan is Duncan's uh, address. But it, it's, you know, Dunk, it's a, it's just a time where this, you know, we talk about the matchups. It's not just the matchups. It's, it's the fact that, you know, we, we see, we've seen one good week from this offense. Does that mean they can continue to do that sort of thing? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we've been here before, right, after the Raiders game, and then things fell off pretty quickly. Uh, they're going to have to play very clean. I thought that was one of the real promising signs of the Rams game was very few penalties, very few mistakes, few mental errors on both sides of the ball. It's going to take that kind of performance. They cannot shoot themselves in the foot against the Niners. I mean, the one thing about the Niners' defense, as good as it is, as sound as it is, they don't force a lot of turnovers either. So that's good for the Saints. Uh, they cannot afford that uh, going here. And, um, you know, they're going to have to somehow generate some points in other ways, I think, either field position battle, uh, get into a short game. You know, I think the blueprint might be what the Chargers did a couple weeks ago when they went to San Francisco or Santa Clara and played them all the way down to the fourth quarter. They still lost, but they were in the game, actually leading a lot of the game, and they kind of – it was almost like a old basketball philosophy where you shorten right. the game, keep the ball away. I think the Saints are going to have to do that to be in this one. If they are in this one, um, obviously they're going to have to rely on their defense. And, and you know, we, we, we've we seen the defense at times play really well, but at other times just kind of not show up. What Especially, you know, last week was a perfect, you know, I know they were playing the Rams and, and they didn't need Cam Jordan and all those things, but, you know, I thought the defense played outstanding last week. And, I know again, I know it was against a banged-up Matthew Stafford and then a backup quarterback, so you can't put too much stock into it. But the – just the way they were playing and the chemistry and, you know, getting excited about the game and being there. I just, it was since the Raiders game, I hadn't seen that. And really yeah, only I, a few times all year. I could not agree more. I mean, you can tell early on, like almost the first series, whether the defense is going to be into it or not. And you could see right away when they got that first stop. I think it was Paulson Adebo made a big play right. down and you could see the energy and enthusiasm. That's what it's going to take. I don't know where it's been. It's kind of come and gone this season, but the Saints have to play at a high level. Now, I'd heard earlier this week, and again, we'll know more today, but I heard some positive news about Marshawn Lattimore, too. Now, I don't know if it's going to manifest itself in him getting on the field, but I have heard some positive things about him. That would be huge. Uh, well, it's too late to put him on IR anyway. So. Right. What bothers, what, what, what worries me if I'm a Saints fan in this game is just, the amount of offensive weaponry the 49ers have now. I mean, they are stacked. They, right. they pack you in so many different ways offensively, uh, and their offensive line has been very good at protecting Garoppolo, which is kind of the key. If you can get after him, move him around, he can make mistakes, but they've been so solid up front, he's been able to perform at a very high level, and all he does is get the ball out in space to these incredible athletes. They have Debo Samuel, 
Uh, now they have Christian McCaffrey, Eliza, Elijah Mitchell, uh, you know, running back from Louisiana, who they're right. very, very high on. We know about George Kittle. The Saints have seen George Kittle, what he can do. Uh, you know, and and uh, Brandon Ayuk has come on. I mean, they they have a, a weaponry that that the Saints have proven to struggle against, and that is getting the ball to guys in open space. And can the Saints come up and tackle them? And they they didn't do that against the Steelers. Fourteen missed tackles, and I guarantee you that's what Cal Shanahan sees on tape, and is going to attack the Saints that way. Take a look at the 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 graphic here with the spread on it. It's not often that you see. Been a while, except maybe I'd have to go look back and I've got, see. I've got Saints. historical information on that. Okay, the Saints are nine point underdogs. I would imagine that they were probably at nine or more against Miami last year when they were going into the game with Ian Book. But other than that, I don't know. I mean, you, you'll have to tell me. I have not done no, my research. Two times yet, they've so. been. Pig- go ahead. Yeah, the only two times in the, in the Peyton Breeze era was last year in Tampa, which they won the game outright. I think they were like 11-point underdogs in that game. And then if you remember, back in 2015, the Saints, of course, were pretty bad, and they played Carolina with Cam Newton when they were 15-1, and and they were about, I think, 9.5 or 10-point underdogs. That's the only times in the entire last 17 years that they've been this big underdog. Except, well, let me look, an asterisk here. They've had two times that they – Week 17. Right, those don't count. Resting starters, I don't count those. Yeah, I know this. I know this because I did this last week uh, looking ahead. I think the Saints have only been double-digit uh, underdogs. I think it's 13 times since in this century. Wow. So 13 times in this century, and I think that like four of them were in 2005 Yeah, uh, when they had all the, the Katrina issues. So. I mean, you think about that. It's kind of amazing. It's less than, way less than one a year. I mean, it's rare that the Saints are this big of an underdog. And the money line, this has grown, by the way. The Saints were plus 300. I didn't, just, I didn't even notice this. But the Saints were plus, I think, 300 or 310 when I went to bed, which was really early this morning. And now they're plus 345. So they haven't upped the line, but they've upped the money line, which means Vegas gives the Saints almost no shot to win this game. Yeah, I know. I noticed that as well. And uh, it's just a tough matchup for the Saints uh, because of some of the things we talked about. We've seen them struggle mightily when they play very physical teams, which is surprising because that's always been the M.O. from this team. But the Ravens, the Steelers, uh, you know, and the 49ers are built that way in the trenches. And they do some stuff that's always given the Saints problems. They do a lot of, uh, you know, misdirection, kind of uh, – Cross cross field movement things where they get their playmakers moving in space uh, and get a lot of yards after catch. That's always given the Saints a lot of problems. So it's a big week for the defense, like you said. Um, how do the Saints look? I I don't get Pete Carmichael. Okay, I know I've been I've been all over him, but last week again I get it's the Rams. I'm not just talking about who they played. The game plan was completely different last week. Completely balanced. I thought it was wonderfully called. I thought he did a great job of mixing in Taysom. That's how many times you should see Taysom Hill in a game, in my opinion. I know Andy Dalton doesn't like it. Too bad. You have got to involve Taysom Hill in the game. You've got to let him throw a couple to keep the defense off balance. Something's going on with Kamara. I don't know if it's his trial. He's not playing very well. I get the O-line is banged up, but Taysom's still doing his thing. 
something's not right with Kamara. But at the same time, you still got to try to run the ball. They did that last week. They got the nice balance, the nice mix. I get that you're probably not going to be able to run the ball against San Francisco, Dunk, but you're still going to have to try to run the ball. And I think they got to try with Taysom Hill. I mean, the one thing I agree. the quarterback gives you in that package is it gives you a numbers advantage. That's why Sean Payton, if you heard his comments this past week, he made a great point. I mean, Taysom Hill is much more effective when he's lined up at quarterback than he is no at question. tight end because it gives you a numbers advantage. That's the whole point of having the quarterback run. And uh, we saw that last week when they tried to run Kamara just out of traditional runs. Didn't work very well. Rams are pretty good up front, and uh, they struggled to run. But when they got Hill in there, things opened up because they, that numbers game, and he was able to actually to get the ball to Kamara a few times for nice games when he's at quarterback. So I think that's kind of the secret sauce going forward for this team. But part of the problem, and Pete Carmichael's talked about this, and I don't know if it's just a convenient excuse or not, but part of the problem is they've been falling behind, and when they fall behind, they don't lean on the run as much. And, uh, you know, Dennis Allen talked about that on his coaches show this week. They were able to play with the lead, and when they're able to do that, obviously everything opens up. Yeah, but don't, their, their idea of falling behind is, what, 13-10? They completely abandoned the run against Pittsburgh. They, were, they didn't trail by more than three until middle of the fourth quarter. So don't, don't hand me that garbage. I mean, I, I, you could try to sugarcoat it any way you want to spin it any kind of way you want, just like everybody can in politics. This isn't politics, it's football. We could see stats and we could see numbers. And if you're, you're, you weren't trailing by that much to abandon the run, and they, they do that often. It's not just that game. I mean, I get the Arizona game, you had to throw it 47 times or whatever. That game, you did have to throw it. You, you did what you had to do. But for the most part, when they're trailing, they're not trailing by a whole bunch. They're, they're never really out of games. Right. You know, it's their... But so to abandon the run, it's just it's just crazy. Charles, well, it, Brogan, didn't, it didn't look good right. when the the Cincinnati moved the ball up and down the field pretty much at will against uh, Pittsburgh's defense a week later. I have to say that. There's no doubt about that. Charles Broom, kind of on what we were saying. In fact, he he typed it in as we were talking about it. Good to see the Saints being more creative on offense and their use of Taysom Hill. Probably a lost season, so may as well do some experimenting. If nothing else. Taysom provides high entertainment value, and his obvious enthusiasm for the game is great to watch. You know, if this comment would have come through, I don't know, four or five weeks ago, I would have said, no way, no how. But you know what? At this point, I'm not opposed to seeing kind of a mix. Uh, see Taysom even, even in there even more. I don't think Taysom – first of all, I know he's never going to be a starting quarterback in this league. He's 32 years old. You don't become a starting quarterback in the NFL at 32. You just don't. Um and I think that the role that they use them in, when they use them properly, is fantastic because teams don't, even the good teams, they don't really know how to defend in the long run is going to do, do damage. But at this point of the year, I kind of agree, make it entertaining. Um, and if you find a way to get yourself back in it, if you win one of these next two games against either San Francisco or Tampa Bay and really do get yourself in it, who knows? I mean, you know, why not see more Taysom? Well, they got to they got to win one of these next two games. I mean, one hundred percent, they have to get the nine losses and, and think you're going to pull it out. But I, I do I do agree with you. I thought he was more creative offensively. Uh, look, even one of the plays that didn't work. Remember the the pass that Taysom threw in the right. corner of the end zone to Jarvis Landry. He couldn't get his hand on the on the on the uh, seams of the ball, and that, that caused a little bit of a timing delay for him to get the ball out. But 
That was the exact play the Ravens used with Lamar Jackson to score on against the Saints, almost the exact same spot on the field. So I thought a nice little uh, – a theft of uh, intellectual property by uh, Pete Carmichael to steal that exact play. And it was there. It just, uh, the timing got off. But those are the kind of things we haven't seen enough of. I want to see a couple more jet sweeps with with uh, Rashid Shaheed. you know, like that worked and we haven't seen it really at all. It's just some of these things to kind of keep defenses off balance, even if there's a little misdirection. We don't see a ton of misdirection with the Saints. They're pretty much straightforward. We're coming at you. Uh, and you're going to see a lot of misdirection this week in Cal Shanahan. And I, you know, speaking of that, I get that, you know, you're trying to distance yourself from Sean Payton to some extent and put your own stamp. But some of the things that, some of the things that worked, Hey, Hey, let's, let's get him in there. And you talk about Rashid Shahid. I think that's one of the things that's like the Devery Henderson play, right? I mean, get him in there and use that Devery Henderson play. Sometimes Sean used it a little bit too much and like forced it into a game at times because it's on the call sheet, but um, it should be on the call sheet. We need to see it more and see see if it can work. Going back to the matchup before we move on and talk about LSU, again, we're going to have our predictions on Saints 49ers at the end of the show. We are going to end by 9.50 no matter where we are. So I'm just letting you know. So we have 11 minutes left in the show. Still have to get to LSU. Took a little too late, a little pals. But real quick, we talked about the offense, Dunk, the Frisco defense against the Saints uh, the Frisco offense against the Saints defense, pretty similar. Now, this rushing offensive number, ranked 12th, is a little bit skewed because they've had Christian McCaffrey now for four weeks. He obviously feels completely comfortable. I did some research. Christian McCaffrey in his last four games against Saints, obviously three uh, all with the Panthers, 483 yards and, and four touchdowns. So, obviously, Christian McCaffrey, like he does to a lot of teams, has done damage against the Saints. going to have to key on him. Yeah, and, you know, Elijah Mitchell as well. Uh, they're, they're a much better running team than those stats reflect. They didn't run the ball that much in Mexico City on Monday night against the Cardinals. I know Troy Aikman on the broadcast kept saying he thought they were going to run the ball more. But if you notice what they do, it kind of reminds me of those old juggernaut Saints teams. Yeah. Like 2011 teams, they get the lead with the passing game, and in the second half they just start wearing people out with the running game. That's kind of what they did to Arizona. They started running in the second half, get that defense worn down, and they're very capable of that. I saw a stat the other day, I think it was yesterday, their offensive line uh, with, I think, four of their starting five offensive linemen haven't given up a sack all year, Trent Williams, Neckler. Wow. So this is well, going to be a tough matchup in their line. Trent, Trent Williams is the best left tackle in football, in my opinion. Yeah, he's a monster. I mean, uh, you can't uh, – you're just not going to get past them. Which, before we move on to LSU, real quick, uh, are we going to see Trevor Penning this week? No, I'd be surprised if he gets back. I don't even know if he's in football shape yet. Might be another week or so. Uh, I think They Cam have Jordan, to take him off by a certain amount of time, right? Right, yeah. I think Cam Jordan's got a chance to play, which will be big. Uh, they can use him in the run defense, and he's played against the Niners a lot. He's one of the few guys that was there on that 2011 team. Might be the only one. Uh, that played Mark Ingram probably as well in that classic game. Oh, let's not bring that Sunday. game up. Jimmy Graham scored Greatest a touchdown. Game game's I've over. Great, by far the best game I've ever covered uh, during my Saints tenure. You know, it, there could be a point made that it's certainly the most exciting game in Saints history um, because it was a back and forth, and it kind of reminds you a little bit of the Chiefs and Bills last year, right? 
Yep. I mean, for for those, you'd have to be, I guess, over the age of 26, 27 to really remember Saints Niners in 2011 to really remember it. Um, but it was one of those games where the Saints thought they had a one. Jimmy Graham goes off on the touchdown, and then Alex Smith drives him right down the field. And I don't know, when I saw Roman Harper where he was standing on that last play, Vernon Davis, he kind of knew it was coming. But, you know, uh, people also forget, Jim, just recently – they played an epic game in the Dome that the Niners won 48-46. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo. The George Kittle play at the end on Marcus Williams where he stiff-armed him. And Jimmy G uh, threw four touchdown passes in that game. Yes, that was an epic game uh, between two really good teams. This one won't be like that. I don't think so either, but <laughs> it just shows you the great. And look, you're, you're an old-school Saints fan. People don't realize, I mean, this has been an incredible rivalry. It has been. Unbelievable games back and forth, and the Saints have really held their own the last 20 years or so. I mean, they've, they've basically had a winning record in the series, but the old-school Saints fans remember when it was much more frustrating. Yeah, you know, I write a trends column every week, and, I mean, everything you could possibly imagine in there, right, who the officials are, what the records are with uh, against those, what the Saints record is against officials, what the other team's record is against the officials, what uniforms they're wearing. All these things, but mainly it's focused on the history between the team that they're playing that week. Uh, so it's a little bit easier to write when you, they're playing an AFC team because there's not a whole lot of history. But people, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of young people don't realize that these teams were in the same division for my entire youth. Uh, and really until, what, 20 years ago, they were in the same division. So, um, you know, I grew up with say, playing the Niners twice. And trust me, it was no fun playing Joe Montana twice. Um, even when the Saints were good, you know, the famous uh, woulda, coulda, shoulda speech was against the 49ers. And Jim Mora, after this, they came off of strike in the first game out of strike, Saints were at home against the 49ers. And um, Saints should have beat them. Um, shoulda, woulda, coulda. They should have beat them. And the Saints went on a run after that game. Jim Mora went off. Saints won nine in a row to finish 12-3. and three. But guess what? The Niners didn't lose either. They went 13-2. and two. They went on and won the division, uh, and I think they went on the Super Bowl that year. Uh, yeah, I think the Niners were also the team that handed the Saints the their biggest uh, what was it come from behind loss or come from ahead loss. That's right. The Saint the Saints uh, led Saints were Saints led thirty five seven at halftime. I used that in the Black and Gold Show in, in an extra point once, and the 49ers came all the way back, tied it. 35 all, I think that was 1980, because the Saints went to 0-13. Archie Manning was a quarterback. That's right. The Saints went to 0 It looked like the Saints were going to break that 0-1. They were 0-12. They were finally going to get off the schneid. And then the 49ers come roaring back with a young Joe Montana at that time. Yep. Uh, he had not been to a Super Bowl yet. Uh, throws to Dwight Clark. They tie it up. Ray Wershon kicks a field goal in overtime, 38-35. Nope, 0-13. Now, luckily, they had the Jets on the schedule, so they were able to to break the snide and finish one and fifteen, but uh, that game was in the dome. To, right? in no, that game was in San Francisco. It was okay. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a late afternoon game, just like like this is going to be, and it, it was kind of mushy and nasty. So uh, yeah, thirty-five seven. I mean, those were back. Uncle in, Big Nick says he those loved those. Those were the days, man. Yeah, you don't remember those days, buddy. You were born in nineteen eighty. This game was in nineteen eighty, so you were like in a crib somewhere. That don't give me, don't hand me that crap. All right. We've got to move on, and we've only got about five or six minutes to talk about. Uh, I do want to talk about the, if I can get my, my mouse to work correctly here, talk about the LSU Tigers real quickly. Texas A&M dunked 
we talk about spots where LSU kind of trap spots. It's another one, but LSU keeps winning those trap games. Credit to Brian Kelly and his staff. Yes. They have this team with the right mindset. Uh, like, like we said last two weeks, tough games, but you could see early on that LSU was dialed in, and they may not cover the spread at Arkansas, but they were going to win the game. And uh, that, that's really hard to do in college football with young kids, uh, 18, 19 year olds. They're prone to having their head, heads in the cloud. And I think this team is really focused right now. I think they've got a lot of momentum in the program, I think they're confident on both sides of the ball with what they're doing, and it shows in how they're playing. I think they win the game, but I'm not sure uh, spread-wise. What's the spread? Nine. Nine. I'm a, I don't know if I would want to lay those, but yeah. I, I definitely think LSU uh, takes care of business. There's just too much at stake. I agree wholeheartedly. I don't t- I'm not going to touch the spread with a stick, um, but I cannot see LSU blowing a chance to, to – to get in, at least in the SEC title game, they're going to get in the SEC title game regardless they're in. But what I'm saying is I can't imagine that they're going to blow a chance to get into the SEC title chance game with a chance at the college football playoffs, which is something that I don't think anyone could have even dreamed of after the loss to Tennessee. It's, it's amazing that the, the progression of this team from week one and losing to Florida State the way they lost to Florida State to improvement – getting your keisters kicked against Tennessee and then becoming one of the five best teams in the country. Well, I think if you'd asked before the season, if LSU could make the SEC championship game, people would have laughed. Oh, at you, right? I think if you would have asked them if they could make a new year's day bowl, they would have laughed at you. Right. So yeah, this has been a, a great, this has been probably the best college football season we've had here since I've been in new Orleans. I came here in 2000, but the fact that Tulane is playing for something and, and LSU, both of them top 20 teams. I mean, it's been a remarkable, remarkable season. And they both came out of nowhere. Tulane was picked seventh in the American Athletic Conference to start yeah. the season. And LSU was picked fifth in the SEC West. So it, it just And you could have got them at 28 to 1 to win the really? SEC West. Wow. 28 to 1. And they clinched three weeks, but three weeks left in the season. Yeah. It's amazing. It's been a remarkable year. Uh, Uncle Big Nick, before we move on, Uncle Big Nick's got a question about LSU. He wants to know, do we give them any shot against Georgia? He thinks they will be competitive. I'll get your opinion first. Yeah, I agree. I think they will be competitive. I think they got a lot more to play for in that game than Georgia does, even though Georgia can't afford to lose. Georgia has shown just last week that they can kind of get in these games like Kentucky and just kind of, I don't want to say sleepwalk, but they get the game at hand and they just kind of cruise uh, but I, I can't see them beating Georgia. I, I just think there's too many factors that favor Georgia in that game. The quarterback's really good. I think he's very underrated. And uh, their defense it will give LSU a lot of problems. I can't see them giving up any running game uh, to LSU in that, in that matchup. I hope I'm wrong, Dunk, but I think they get destroyed. I think that uh, – and when I say destroyed, I mean by three or, three or more touchdowns. I, I think it's like wow. the spread – the spread is minus 15 or 16 at the moment. I, I, I think Georgia covers. I think multiple reasons. As good as Brian Kelly can do, I don't think that this offensive line, which has played much better as the season's going along, can handle Georgia's front. Um, I think that Jaden Daniels is going to have a really tough time trying to find holes against this Georgia defense. And I think Georgia is super motivated because Stetson Bennett and, and a few other Georgia Bulldogs remember – the butt kicking they got by LSU in the 2019 uh, SEC championship game. 
Trust me. They have not forgotten that, and they are talking about it this week and next week. I don't like LSU's chances. However, that being said, I think that even being in this game is a huge stepping stone, and whatever bowl the game they get, I think personally think they're going to go to the Sugar Bowl. I think it's going to be LSU-Kansas State Sugar Bowl. And I think that, um, you know, and they could beat Kansas State. Tulane beat them. I'm no offense, Tulane fans, but Tulane beat Kansas State. I think LSU can beat Kansas State. So if LSU were to lose in the SC championship, no matter how much, and then go to the Sugar Bowl and win the Sugar Bowl and finish 11-3, and three, I think that would be an amazing accomplishment and a great stepping stone to the future for the LSU Tigers. Because I yeah. think you're going to see almost all these guys coming back next year. Well, I think we'll know early on in the SEC championship game just by no question. Georgia's body language, Agreed. how they're attacking that game, whether it's good. Because if they do – Come to make a statement, it could get ugly. I agree with you there. Agree wholeheartedly. All right, we're not going to have time to talk about the Pelicans because we've got to wrap up the show, and we're going to wrap up the show with our Saints 49ers pick. If you got a pick, now's the time to leave it in the comment section. you got about two, three minutes to do so. Saints are nine-point underdogs. We don't say that very often. Nine-point underdogs against the 49ers. What you got? Uh, I don't think it's going to be a good outcome. I've got... I think everything comes down to the 49ers in this game. If they if they are ready to play, if they're healthy, uh, coming off this you know ro- short week down in Mexico City, coming back home. Uh, but if they come out with with in- good intentions, uh, I think it's a bad matchup. I think they 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 win pretty handily in this game. The Saints will have their A game. Now I don't know if it's good enough, uh, but I, I would take the 49ers. In, in something like a 27 to 13 victory or something. I, I just, I can't see the same. Did you do a copy off my NFL picks column? I think that's no, the exact score that. that I had. Serious? I think I just, it is. I don't see the Saints moving the ball consistently against this defense, and things tend to go awry when the Saints play a really good defense. They tend to make mistakes, costly turnovers, and that leads to easy points. This thing could snowball the other way pretty easily. You know how I know this is probably going to be a bad one for the Saints? Our Saints regulars are nowhere to be found this morning. Jerry and a bunch of other people are all with their hoodats and yeah. good morning and Saints are going to win and blah, blah, blah. None of them. None of them are here. So they probably all watched the game Monday night and were like, wow, this is the team we lost to and the, the 49ers are annihilating them in front of our eyes. They probably That was probably pretty sobering for Saints fans. We know you're here, Uncle Big Nick. You're only here because you know that the 49ers have a huge upper hand. Look, I, I mean – I don't this is not a this is not gonna be pretty. I, if I'm wrong, great. I, I hope I'm wrong. I say it uh, whenever I pick against the Saints, I tell you I hope I'm wrong. But as Dunk said, and basically what we're talking about the entire show, you're putting this game on Andy Dalton's shoulders. There's no other way to, there's no other way this is gonna happen. If Andy Dalton plays really well, which I seriously doubt, then the Saints have a chance. If the Saints defense comes out and just stomps the run which I seriously doubt the Saints are going to have a chance. But I'll, both of those things have to happen. And it's, it's, nothing, it's nothing that bad against the Saints. I'm just saying that, the, to me, the 49ers are a, team that are a team that can win the Super Bowl. I agree. I wrote my and, column this week that, saying that. Now's the it, time to get on the Niners. If you're, if, I already did that like six, seven weeks ago. They got juicy odds right now to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I got them at, uh, I forget what it was. to or even better than you got them. Yeah, I got him to win the division. I got him to win more than 10 wins, which is still a little dicey. And I got him to win the Super Bowl. And I got him to win the NFC. So 
I just think they're the best team in the NFC. I know the the Eagles have one loss, but I still think the, and the 49ers have four. But I think that they've come together and they've they figured it out. Is there a chance? To, and and Uncle Big Nick uh, kind of jokes here. I know I know he's kidding, kind of kidding when he says this. Maybe he's not. Andy Dalton won't make it through this game. If they're down like seventeen nothing, and Andy Dalton's been stinking it up, like I think it's going to happen. You think there's any chance they go to Jameis in this game? No. I don't I mean, either. I guess, I guess if you got, I don't either. I don't either. Yeah, I think they pretty much said, and we and look, it validated last week the way Dalton played against a really bad football team. By the way, all the all the Andy Dalton people came out of the woodwork. They're going to climb right back in those cracks this week. By the way, that's true. And look, the Rams looked like a team. I remember a great quote from Terrell Owens uh, when in, back in 2002 when the Saints. If you remember that they they lost their last four games of the year. They had a chance to, like, get into the playoffs, and they lost all these bad teams. And I'll never forget it. They played the Niners in the last game of the year at the Superdome. They got beat 38 to nothing. I think they were only, like, two-and-a-half-point uh, underdogs in that game. I remember Brian Alley Walsh coming to me going, man, what's wrong with the line on this game? We know what the Saints are going to get beat. And Terrell Owens, after the game, said, looked like some of those boys on the other sideline had their bags packed for, for Mexico or something like that. But that's what I felt like the Rams. They just they look checked out. They won the Super Bowl last year. They've had some adversity this year. They're not into it. Their head coach isn't into it. Nope. Uh, not to take anything away from the Saints, but uh, I'll I'll be much more impressed this week if they're able to compete with oh, the Niners. If they if they even compete, like you say, compete. If they and I'm not just talking about cover. If they if they keep this to a three or a five point game and and really play well. And play hard. I'll be surprised. I'll give them credit. I'm not going to get on them if they lose in a tight game and they play well. Right. I mean, it is what it is. They they just can't. They can't hold up. Barry asks, "Is Winston still semi-injured?" The answer to that, even though they won't tell you, is no. He's not hurt. He's not. They just choose not to play him. We all know that. So don't don't listen to the hype. All right, Doug. I know you got other things going on this morning. Have safe travels to. Santa Clara this weekend, and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We will talk to you a week from Friday before the Saints travel to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a Monday night. You got it, brother. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. We'll talk to you all next week. Look forward to it. Jeff Duncan telling it like we're on the same train. You know, most of the season, Duncan and I have been pretty much lock and step. I think there's only been two or maybe three weeks that we had predictions that weren't the same. Last week was one of them. And usually when we're different, he's right and I'm wrong. But last week I was right and he was wrong. I thought the Saints would win last week. It was a good matchup for him. This, however, is not. But we don't need to go in and we've told you what we thought. And we are ready to give you more predictions. Because I have got to avenge last week's stink. I have got to exercise the stunk Stank, stink, it's got to get off my body. Because I've been having, having nothing but winning weeks and winning everybody money. Well, I didn't win anybody anything, including myself last week. Ooh, that was bad. So we're going to, you know what? I went back to the basics. It wasn't that I didn't do analysis last week. I kind of ignored some things last year, last week. And it's kind of interesting that when I went into my best bets and my thought process for this week, I had, there were like three games that I took out of my best bets and changed when I dove into the analysis. I'm like, I can't pick this team because A. can't pick this team because B. And I kind of mentioned one of them right at the get-go here with Uncle Big Nick. 
And um, I think that it's it's important. And I and I had kind of forgotten what I was doing. It's easy to do. Middle of the season, you get in the doldrums of the season. Not doldrums, but, you know, when, you, when you're this far into a season and every week kind of like runs into the next one, it's easy to kind of like let off the gas a little bit. It's kind of like when you win in 28 to 7 in the early part of the third quarter, the other team scores a touchdown and you come back and just like run, run, run or run, run, little flip pass and you got a punt. And then they come back and kick a field goal and you realize, oh, it's 28-17 now. Oh, we got to turn it back on. I think that's kind of where I was. So I went back to my basics. I went through everything with a fine-tooth comb and I changed three of my best bets. And um, went back to my winning formula. And I think we're going to have a good week this week. There's only one way to find out. And here it is. The key is not to pick turkeys. Can you do that? Possibly. I don't know. I, I got a couple of turkeys in here that you're probably not going to like. Well, I mean, I don't know. You you, uh, you definitely didn't pick the turkey. Last week, I picked the turkey. So I'm hoping I got the turkeys out of my system. Had a bad week. Um, first time all year I had a really bad week. I was one and three. I think it was my best money week last week. Well, I mean, you were just good overall. Yeah, we were three and two with... A plus 82, I was 1-3 with a minus 81 for the season now. Um, I'm 35-19, and 19, plus 206, which is still really good, but I don't like having that minus 81 in there. You have 26-28, and 28, minus 12. So that minus 110 week, you're wiping it off the board now. You're almost wiped it off completely. Yeah, it only took eight weeks for me to do it, but it's getting there. Well, that's what happens when you have a minus. You can't have minus 110. <laughs> All right, we're going to get right into it because we're going to have a short show today uh, with both us, and then uh, we have we had Jeff Duncan on this morning, so trying to keep this uh, compact, so we're not going to mess around. People want to eat their turkeys and uh, whatever else they want to eat and get ready for Thanksgiving, and so we're going to jump right in. What is your first pick? It's an $11 pick. Uh, I'm taking the New York Giants plus nine on Thanksgiving. I think Dallas is like one in ten covering their last... 11 Thanksgiving games. Dallas coming off of crushing Minnesota. New York Giants just lost to Detroit. How can anybody bet on the Giants right now? I just think it's too many points in a divisional game. Well, it's funny that you put that there because this was originally in my best bets when I went through and did it yesterday. Um, then I took it out because there was a trend that I didn't like and I didn't want to bet against. Um, What's the trend? It's, it's, still, it's still in my picks. I still have the Giants to win. Uh, to cover, rather. But Dallas has covered 10 out of the last 11 against the Giants, and um, including earlier this year. And I just, it scared me away from putting it in my best bets. It doesn't mean I don't like it, because I do I do think the Giants cover. I agree with everything you said. I think Dallas is in a bad spot after they whooped up on, uh, whooped up on the Vikings. And I just, I think that the Giants are, you know, they're showing into Brian Dable how good they are. So I really like this pick. I just didn't, it was this close to getting in my best bets, but I had Did you see the uh, the Dable and Campbell handshake? It wasn't like it was kind of no. a cold handshake at the end. No. I, I'd I'd pay money Is it to like see a them. Nick Saban handshake with anybody. Yeah. I'd pay money to see them two fight. 
Like, don't oh. you think that'd just be a scrap, like a? I think Dayball would win. Me too. In the winner, the winner fights Rayball. <laughs> the winner fights. Well, they're not gonna win that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the Rayball's gonna be. Rayball's gonna be I don't want dirty. nothing to do with fighting. Yeah, Rayball's gonna fight dirty. I got that. All right. Um, I'm going. This team burned me last week, but I'm gonna go with them again anyway. Only because this is like the most true anti-Mabel pick there ever was. Okay, taking the Houston Texans plus 13 over the Miami Dolphins. Um, wow. Everybody in that grandma's either on the Dolphins or not betting it. I mean, I don't think I might be the only person in America, including Texans fans, that's actually going to bet on the Texans this week. Um, I get the Texans are one eight and one. They had a good spot to cover last week. They didn't do it. However, that being said, the Texans big, biggest weakness is their run defense. They're pretty decent in the pass defense. Miami doesn't run the ball, hardly at all. Tua doesn't really run. It's just the fact I don't know if Houston can score. I think they can. I don't think Miami's defense isn't very good. Miami's run defense is 22nd in the NFL, which means that Damian Pierce, who looked so bad last week, his first really bad week, he's actually going to have a good week this week. So I like Houston to keep it close. And for people who are going to take Miami, those who are left in their knockout pools, there'll be a lot of Miamis this week. Because frankly, when I also going to use Miami, who really trusts Miami? Um, you like the under? In it? I kind of like the under in this game. Uh, yeah, I don't love it though. It's forty six right now. I think that uh, the thing that scares me is if I'm really wrong about this pick, the Dolphins could score thirty four by themselves. Right. So the only thing I read about Houston is like the league has figured out Davis Mills, and he don't like. He don't like throwing to his left, so they just overload the right side and make him throw to his left. And I could, he's yeah. been really bad. Well, I don't think he's as bad as... That's the thing, though. When everybody starts talking about how really, really bad you are, and I think a lot of people expected Houston to cover last week, then that's when you come out of the... Oh, I'm taking no something that's really, really bad in a little while, so... All right, well, let's see what's, what's, what's really, really good right here. You got a $20 pick to win 24 What is it? We got to wait all the way to Monday night, but I'm taking the Pittsburgh money line. To beat Indy in the fighting Jeff Saturdays on Monday, I just I trust Tomlin more than I trust Saturday. I, this this team, I mean Pittsburgh, I, the defense is going to shut down Matt Ryan, and he's not going to be running for 39 yards. He's still trying to recruit from doing that two weeks ago. But I just see Pittsburgh coming out and winning this game. I mean, it, it was a fun story when Indy won. They kept it close with Philly. Now I just think the, the coaching advantage is just too much on this one. Wholeheartedly agree. Uh, that is in my NFL. It's like you read my NFL picks column this morning. I know you didn't because it just came out about uh, 45 minutes before taping here. Um, <clears throat> I like Pittsburgh as well. I don't. I don't think that. I still don't think Indy's any good. It's got. It's kind of an overreaction. They had that great first week, slid a little bit, lost to Philadelphia when they should have won, and I think that. I think they get blown out in this game. I, if they would have won, if they would have beaten. The Eagles last week, I might feel a little bit differently about this because then I think they'd have confidence. But here's, here's one for you. Mike Tomlin against the Steelers, they've won seven straight times. Dayton against the Colts, you mean? Yeah, I mean the Colts, yeah. yeah. And they have covered in five of those games. So they just need to win to cover here. They're only two and a half point underdogs. But uh, I agree wholeheartedly with this pick. I am all aboard. It is not in my best bets, but I definitely agree with it. All right, okay. My next pick. 
And my first pick, by the way, was 11 to win 10. This is a 22 to win 20. All my all my picks are regular picks this week, except for my first one, my number one pick. Um, I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks, minus three and a half over the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I just don't. I think Seattle's better than I gave them any credit for, and Vegas stinks. I mean, they, I know they beat Denver last week, but you know what? Denver really stinks. And I, I, I gave Denver too, way too much credit. I'm a little ticked off at the Broncos, I guess, for for me believing in them. And they had that game won. They had it covered. And then they just decided, we're up by 10. We don't need to play football anymore. Nathaniel Hackett told us, if we just play defense, we'll win. Well, they didn't play defense. Everybody talks about their defense, and they didn't do anything. And Vegas, I think, just kind of got a little lucky, too. Um, how does Devontae Adams get that open in overtime? He burnt Sertain. Like, um, let me just burn him. I mean, but it, he should have never been single covered. But <laughs> yeah, so I don't think. Look, I think this could be. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I don't think the Raiders can score a ton. It's a tough place to play. I think Seattle wins this game by ten or so. Give me the Seattle Seahawks minus three and a half over Las Vegas. I'm surprised this line's only three and a half. Yeah, so am I. That yeah. means it would be, you know, like one on a new. See, I was coming off a bye, right? Yeah, they're coming off a yeah. bye, and they have lost two in a row off a bye. But before that, they had won. Let's see, I think four out of five, if I, if I remember correctly from my picks gone. But yeah, um, Raiders are coming back down to earth. Yeah, real quick, real hard. Your next pick, the New York Fighting Jets, minus four and a half against the Bears. I mean, if the Bears were smart. Justin Fields has a torn left shoulder. Like, sit him the rest of the year. What are you What are you playing for? You're not going anywhere. I think you found your quarterback. I think you found what he can do. You build the offense around him next year. Who, who Just, found that quarterback? The Bears. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the Lakers. No, not the Jets. No. I just don't see the Bears scoring without Fields against this Jets defense. We know the defense is good. I mean, the, the quarterback situation is terrible. But I think if the Jets can score 10 to 17, they cover this. I well, see this like a 17-3 type game. I did something that I've probably only done two or three times ever in my column this week. So now I know you didn't read my column. Um, it's a no pick. It's a no touch. I, don't, I pick every game, but I, I'm not picking this one. I don't know <laughs> if Justin Fields is playing or not. And it makes all the difference in the world. If Justin Fields It is makes playing, no sense for them to play Fields and maybe hurt them. It doesn't matter. They, they, they don't care. They're gonna they're they're out for this year. They don't think get a they high can, draft pick, get some offensive line help. They don't think they can hurt them pat beyond this, and people want to see Justin Fields play. So I don't I don't agree with you. I think if they can play him, they're gonna. And uh so we'll see. I, I just I th- I think he's gonna play. The line leads me to believe that he's going to play. It got up to six, and it went right back down to four and a half. I mean, and even with him, the Bears have only covered one of their past four games. So Yeah, but this is the Jets. The Jets are, the- are not as good. And and I it, I don't know who's playing quarterback for the Jets as we record this. Flacco has more touchdown passes than Wilson this year. I mean, Flacco's better than Wilson. Yes. That's that's terrible. I mean, it just goes to show that this team's got a little bit lucky. If Flacco plays, I love this. I'll tell you another reason why I don't necessarily like the Jets. The way they lost last week, to, they were finally going to beat New England. They don't get another chance against them, and you lose on the punt return. Really? That's going to only hurt you. That 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 That's a kind of screw you the rest of the year pick uh, play. Excuse me. So, 
I, I don't endorse that pick at all. I don't necessarily go against it. If Justin Field doesn't play, the line's going to jump up to six. If you if you think that the Bears cover at six, then just wait it out. I wouldn't touch this right now with a stick. You have to wait and to see with Justin if Justin Field's playing or not. I think. I'm baking on him not like I'm baking on him being smart enough to. I just think yeah, I maybe just I'm think giving the, him too much credit. Yeah, I think the people betting think that he is going to play, and they're usually right. So I you can't. I don't think you can bet this. But hey, that being said, you were the one that won last week. I'm the one that didn't. So. All right, my next pick is uh, a total. I haven't done a total in a little while because, um, frankly, this time of year, I, it, it's like every year. I start off super hot with my totals, and then I kind of go into a funk. I wanted to pick Cleveland so bad, plus three and a half, but I just couldn't do it. Um, I, I just don't – I'm not 100% sure which Tom Brady we're going to get. However, that being said, the wind in Cleveland this weekend is going to be swirling. It's going to be like 20 – miles an hour or worse, which means this is going to be a ground game. And if you're talking about a ground game, then I do like Cleveland, but I like the under more, under 43. Um, and I would bet this down because w- when people start talking about the wind, and they're going to talk about it, when they start out talking about the wind, this line's going to, this total's going to drop to like 41 or maybe even 40. So get your value on it today before it changes. Um, but is, it there, is, there a, is there a 35 over under this week? I thought I see. There is. Carolina. It's the first time since 2019. <laughs> Carolina yeah. and Denver is over under 35. It, it happened twice in 2019. Besides that, it hadn't happened since 2012. An over under of 35. <laughs> I know I threw you over. off, but when you said it could go to that 39, I remember. I know I did a lot of research on that, by the way, and, you know, jumping off topic, like you said, but uh, six straight times, an over under of 35 or lower, the over is hit. But That's I still true. like the under in Cleveland. I mean, in, in Denver and uh, Carolina. But this best bet, Tampa Bay, Cleveland, under 43. Again, this is going to drop. As soon as you hear this, you need to take it because it's going to be 41 or 40. Is Fournette still out? Or? I, I think he's going to play, but it doesn't matter. Cleveland's yeah. run defense is terrible, and it doesn't matter. Even when he's in there, they don't know how to run. Tampa Bay does not know how to run. No, the they don't run. I just was asking. They're the 30 sec- I, I like the under more if he's in there. Yeah, they're 32nd in the league. Uh running the football. So, there you go. All right, your next pick is 24 to win 65. It's a double under parlay in college. This ought to be fun to cheer on. Georgia versus Georgia Tech under 49. Tennessee versus Vanderbilt under 66. Uh, Tennessee, I think, is done. Vandy is playing to go into a bowl game, so they might fight. But I, I can't see them. I can't see this game going over 66. I can't believe the line's that high. I, I know Tennessee lost Hooker. They lost all their hopes and dreams last week when South Carolina killed them. So I just think this is a this is an under game. I don't see this being a shootout. And then Georgia, Georgia's going in. Don't get nobody hurt. Just win. What are the numbers? What are the totals? Georgia's under 49. Tennessee's under 66. Um. Yeah. Well, I definitely like the Georgia line. ran the ball forty-three times last week against Kentucky. They just trying to. They trying yeah, to grind it out. Use the defense. The Nobody get hurt, and let's go to the championship game. Like, Why wouldn't? Let me ask you this then. Why wouldn't you just take Georgia? What's the spread? I don't even know what the spread is. Okay. I think it's. I think it's a lot though. Um. I don't know. You're you're the you're the college guru. 
that's what I want to play for sure. Um, I hate I, playing I, college on this. I'm definitely not taking a, a two under parlay. If they were playing in some bad weather or something, maybe. Um, I take unders by probably four or five of them all year long. And to put two of them in one play would scare the bejesus out of me. So. Well, I'm feeling confident after last week. Yeah, 24 to 165. You won uh, one of those last week. So, um, hey, why not? Um, my next pick is going to be the Washington Ooh. Commanders. Ooh, Minus over four. Atlanta? Over the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta. I like Atlanta, too. Well, what does Atlanta do best? They run the football. They're not going to run the football against Washington. They held Damian Pierce 20 to 8 yards rushing last week. You can't run against Washington. And if Atlanta can't run the ball and becomes one-dimensional, puts the ball on Mariota's shoulders. And I think that the Falcons also are ready to begin their slide into never-never land. Um, My favorite bet I hit last week, the, guy, the team only threw one pass and it was incompleted. So. Well, that's college. Navy. <laughs> it's not that unusual for Navy to throw one pass. Um, so, anyway, Washington minus four over Atlanta. By the way, all three of my middle picks are all $22 picks. I just don't, hey, look, I'm finally going to believe in those commanders. Ron Rivera got me last week when, and I'm not a Ron Rivera fan at all. I guess this time with the Panthers kind of soured me, but uh, they asked him, they kept badgering him. Why are you starting Taylor Heineke over Carson Wentz? They kept badgering him. And finally he said, look, and they asked him a different way. They kept asking him different ways. And the last time, they finally shut up when he answered the question this way. Goes, well, what was the final determining factor over starting Taylor Heineke over Carson Wentz? And he said, winning. You can't. You don't have an answer to that. He didn't go Herm Edwards on him? No, he, he just said winning. I mean, I mean you win with the quarterback. Why bench a guy that's winning? Exactly. Which was really be kind of dumb, wouldn't it? So, yeah. Taylor Heineke keeps starting until he loses. So, there you go. And they keep winning, and four points is not that big of a spread against a team that, frankly, I don't think they're going to do anything offensively this week. Cordero Patterson is going to get shut down. So is it Young coming back this week, too? Young is supposed to come back, but he's been supposed to come back for like two weeks now. Yeah. So, we'll see if Chase Young actually comes back. All right, our top picks. You go first. I'm taking Clipson minus 14 and a half, 33 to win 30. See if you can uh, – they they play in South Carolina. I mean, South Carolina coming off that big win. You know, South Carolina ran out of fireworks from scoring so much. They didn't have enough. They, they, they stopped popping fireworks. See if you can follow me that. on this, okay? South Carolina beats Vanderbilt by 11. Then South Carolina loses to Florida by 30. Yeah. And Florida then loses to Vanderbilt by a touchdown. And South Carolina scores 63 against Tennessee. How does that make any sense? I don't know because like, you, you lost me like after the first. <laughs> I, um, I, you've been against Clemson all year. Now you're on their train? Yeah, it's just a letdown spot for South Carolina. Like, what are they playing for? Like, what, you think these kids wasn't partying all week? Clemson's still know. playing. The, I hope they don't get in the playoff. But they still, they still there. They still possibly could get there but okay. they would get killed in the playoff but i mean the fighting dabos i think they come out and just shell south carolina i mean if florida uh, beat this team by 30 I, I could see clemson killing them after this big win if they went to beat tennessee like they did I, I wouldn't be picking it yeah i don't know if i can pick i i personally am not gonna bet on clemson because i think they're a, sh- a fraud um 
and Ungalele or whatever the hell his name yeah, is. Yeah, I don't not, think he's good at all. He's not very good. And Dabo is like stubborn. I think the backup's better. Every time they put him in, they do great. I agree. So But their whatever. defense is really good. I just it's more of a more of a bet against South Carolina than it is a bet on Clemson. Right. I, I think I was taking anybody that South Carolina played this week. So you talked me all year long and then not bet on Clemson and so now I'm completely against Clemson because of what you've been saying. I mean I it didn't matter. It. If they played UMass this week, I was betting UMass. South Carolina, okay. so. <laughs> All right. Um, look, I had a bad one. I had a bad teaser last week because Minnesota, I don't know what I was thinking there, but we're going back to the teaser well. So for our number one pick, 36 to win 30. Tennessee, plus seven and a half. You can joke about me liking the Titans all you want, but they've covered I love eight, the Titans this they've week. They've covered they, eight I in a row. They, were, they were there, and I asked them out. They covered eight in a row. I mean, you, people can make fun of me. Oh, you love the Titans. I love the Titans because they keep winning me money. I keep betting on them every week, and they keep winning me money. So until they stop winning me money, I'm going to bet on the Tennessee Titans. Eight in the a row. The fact that the Tennessee Titans went to overtime with Kansas City with Malik Willis exactly, as a quarterback well, that's true. Exactly. It, it's like the fight it's in phenomenal Mike Rables, baby. Yeah. I mean, he's just a good coach. And so, anyway, you're going to give me seven and a half in a teaser? He makes these guys want to run through walls, and Derrick Henry can. So. Well, I know Jamar Chase is a good chance to come back, but um, how effective is it going to be? And Joe Burrow, let's just face it, when they get a decent pass rush against them, and they should have a decent sacked, one. He was sacked ten times against them in the playoffs. They still won. But yeah, 1916 in overtime. Uh, <laughs> so that's the first half of my teaser. The second half... I got the Philadelphia Eagles plus one, I mean minus one, excuse me, over Green Bay at home. Green Bay is who we thought they were. They proved it last week against Tennessee. They're not very good. And the Eagles have an excellent pass defense, which is going to force them to run. Aaron Jones is at 100%. Dylan hasn't been fed the ball. For some reason, he's in at Rodgers' doghouse. Green Bay is a mess. And um, I think that the Eagles, after escaping last week, I think they get back to playing their kind of football. All they got to do is win at home on Sunday night football. I think they will. So $36,030. Go ahead, because we got to wrap it up pretty soon. If we're going to talk about the Saints, but is Rodgers done, or is Rodgers done in Green Bay? I think he's done. I don't think he wants to play football anymore. I mean, There's a lot of rumors about him going to Frisco next year. Why would you want him to go to Frisco? You already have a quarterback. I don't want him to go to Frisco. I was gonna say. I'm just saying there's rumors on all the podcasts. I, I mean, what do you do with Trey Lance? I don't know. Do you just give up on him, even though he didn't even know if he could play? I don't see I don't that think at you all. Do. I think no, that's me neither. But I just soccer. was wondering your opinion on if he's done or if he's just no. done there. When we actually, we don't have time to talk about the Saints this morning. I apologize, but uh, well, we, you, I, I, I'll, I'll let you get in your shot. Uh, your, that no, I'm no, no, no shot. I'm a, I'll wait till next week. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, I, I do have one good question for you if we got time. You have about 20 seconds. Friday, what would you rather do? Sit and watch the whole USA World Cup game or go Black Friday shopping? I would rather do neither. I am preparing for Arch Manning and uh, Newman against you high as I am broadcasting that, doing play-by-play. So that's what I will be doing on Friday. (laughs) If I had to pick, I'd rather prepare for a game. That shows you how how much... (laughs) How much that I don't want to do either one of those things. So we'll talk about that on Bayou Bets. You, you can you can text that question in this afternoon on Bayou Bets, and I'll answer. I'll be on the road. I don't know if I'm driving or not. Oh, okay. So. All right. 
Well, we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy your vacation and happy Thanksgiving, Uncle Big Nick. You too, bud. Uncle Big Nick headed to Destin for the weekend. It's supposed to be rainy this weekend, isn't it? Like, they're early Thursday and Friday. I mean, to each his own. I don't get... I've never understood the beach lovers. I'm not... I go to the beach at least once a year, twice a year some years, because my family loves to do it. They're beach people. I just don't... I don't like sand. I don't like heat, and I don't like sand. Not a good combo. I I bet you, though, the beach might be nice during the winter. I still don't like sand. I'm not going to the beach. I like to look at the water. Like look at the ocean from afar, but I don't like to get out there in the sand. Never have, really. I guess in the, in, when I was a kid, it was, I appreciated it more. I don't know. But Thanksgiving? Beach? I just don't think beach when I think Thanksgiving. But what I do think of is coming up in just a minute with our closing song. Before we get there, um, look. It is, we're at that weird time of the football season where college is ending up. It's, it's, it's almost depressing in a little bit. To me, the only depressing thing about Christmas, because I love Christmas, I always have. I talk about the beach and the holidays and not being a beach person. Where I am definitely a Christmas person. I love Christmas lights. I love the Christmas music. I get into it. I am festive. I'll wear the Santa hat. I'll put on the Santa suit. Um... But there is one thing that is depressing about Christmas time. You know football's almost over. So that does get to me a little bit. December, it's always in the back of your mind. You can't help. You, you, you don't take things for granted, and especially all the things that I've gone through in my professional life the last decade. I've learned to not take anything for granted. Um, I've been blessed with some different things. And look, hey, speaking of which... Uh, Varsity Sports Now, tomorrow, uh, on, let's say tomorrow. On Friday, I will be broadcasting, the uh, doing play-by-play for um, the Newman Greenies as they take on University High in what a lot of people hope isn't Arch Manning's last ever high school game, but it could be. And uh, I'm going to be doing play-by-play alongside Gordy Rush, who is going to be the color analyst, and you probably know Gordy from working on the sideline of LSU games. He'll be with me on Friday night at Lupin Field. So where I'm going with all this, and to everything I do is long-winded. You know this by now. But, you know, so I've learned to not take things for granted, and I've done a pretty good job at it. The problem is in December, it is, you know, football season's almost over. It is hard, hard not to take weeks for granted and you're looking ahead and it's hard not to think about what's coming in January in December I think that's another reason why for us football freaks December flies by it's not just Christmas but you got the final real month of the football season you got you know all the college championship games bowl games are starting NFL I mean it's just crazy time so we're going to try to have fun with it but it is easy I mean you just try to not to think of December. And, and you try to be happy with it. Sometimes not always easy to be happy. But that leads me to my final song, my closeout song. It's a little different than usual. But what do you think about when you think about Thanksgiving and Christmas? If you think back to your childhood, unless you're older than like 
I don't know, 70 or 75. I know what I think about. I think about it at Christmas. I mean, think about it at Halloween a little bit. But when I think about the fall, I think about watching Charlie Brown. And, and the, the intro song, Charlie Brown. Do you have, does that ever run through your head or am I just a freak? Don't answer that. Don't answer that. All right, we know the answer. Okay, anyway. Um, look, when I think holidays, I just think Charlie Brown. I, I don't, maybe not just Charlie Brown. I just think holiday specials, Rudolph, maybe a little heat miser action. Now the kids, I mean, Polar Express to some extent, although that, I was long an adult when that came out. All the good stuff, but Charlie Brown sticks in my head more than the others. I think it's because maybe I see a lot of myself in Charlie Brown. I got dissed, too. I still get dissed. Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing right now? You laughing at me? Anyway. So that's what we're going out with today. And before we leave you, we will tell you that I am very... What I'm most thankful for is you. I couldn't do this show without you. I appreciate it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Um, Why you keep coming back to listen to me rant and ramble sometimes is beyond me. But you do. You keep coming back. And we uh, are are so appreciative of that. Um, Hopefully we can do this show for a long time. I know you come back for Jeff Duncan and Uncle Big Nick and the other guests we have. And you tune me down sometimes. It's okay. It's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll get by. I'll be okay. I won't cry. Maybe a little, but you know, it is what it is. I kid. <laughs> but it's Thanksgiving. I want you to go out and hug the ones you love. Give them all a little kiss. I want you to even hug Uncle Ralph. Even if he steals your favorite chair, he'll be gone soon enough. Even Uncle Ralph, give him a little hug. Give him that piece of pecan pie. Give him that last slice. I mean, really, what's it going to hurt? Give him the last slice. I don't know. Just because I wouldn't give him the last slice doesn't mean you should. All right. Well, we are going to see you on Monday. We, we, we seriously hope you have just a wonderful weekend. And thanks. there's something special about Thanksgiving weekend. It's not just Thanksgiving Day. It's the whole weekend. That's when things change. And so we hope you enjoy with the ones you love. We will see you on Monday. We're going to go out as we always do with our favorite five words of the show. Peace and love, my friends.